Welcome to episode 196 of the Various and Sundry Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Harmon, joined live from the Vault Studio on the beautiful campus of Grace College and Theological Seminary by my good friend, my colleague, my co-host, and the man who has a bone to pick with the NFL officiating, John Scott Sloat. I'm not the only one. <laughs> yes, well... Uh, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. We'll get to that in the okay. sports segment. How's that? What role did Taylor Swift play in those calls? Oh, you know? gosh. Oh, gosh. I say that a little tongue-in-cheek, but just a little. I mean, I'm already so nauseated by the over-the-top attention to T-Sweezy in NFL football games and the Chiefs games, really. Yeah. Well, it was so interesting. They never even mentioned, oh, Ryan Reynolds is in that same box. Mm-hmm. Uh, his wife, Blake Lively. I mean, both superstars. Mm-hmm. It was all T Swift. Yeah, all to Hugh Jackman. Wolverine was up there in the box. <laughs> they didn't make mention of Wolverine. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, did you see the tweet? <laughs> did you see the tweet? Uh, it put side by side Travis Kelsey looking up at the box, trying to get um, Taylor trying to, Swift. Trying to see Taylor. Yep. Yeah. And Zach Wilson looking up into the same box, looking for Travis's mom. Travis's mom. Yep. <laughs> Which, if you pay attention, that's a pretty deep cut. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. No, that's that's that, that's really good. I sent that one to uh, Nate in Ohio uh, yesterday because <laughs> I thought he would appreciate it. Yeah. Oh goodness. Anyway, uh, let's do the usual here. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can find us on Twitter at VNSPod. You can email the show, variousandsundrypodcast at gmail.com. We are on Facebook. We are on YouTube. And we would love for you to leave a five-star rating and a a nice word or two about us mm-hmm. on whatever platform you access the show. So, all right, John, let's jump right into the sports here. Sure. So, uh, since you're clearly a little uh, warm under the collar about this, let's just dive right into the NFL here. Your, oh. your your beloved Jets, J E T S, Jets, Jets, yeah. Jets. Yep. Played the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. Uh, last arguably night. the best team in football right now. Yeah, arguably. Yeah, them and the Forty ers Maybe the Cowboys are in that mix now. I still think the Bills are in that mix as well. I think you're you're. I'm higher on the Bills than you are, but yeah, I think the Bills are on the downhill slope. Eh, we'll see. Anyway. Um, Did it beat the Dolphins this week? Yeah, convincingly. Mm-hmm. But uh, so the Jets played the Chiefs. Obviously, when the schedule makers put this together, they were thinking this would be Aaron Rodgers against uh, Patrick Mahomes. Instead, it's Zach Wilson against Patrick Mahomes. And early on, admittedly, you had to be nervous that it was going to get out of hand. I was sick to my stomach. Uh, they were down seven. Uh, your your beloved Jets were down seventeen nothing. Seventeen nothing. Yeah, that's right. And uh, and then they get a safety. The Jets get a safety. Yep. That turned that really. I feel like that turned the game around. It really did. And um, sort of they they sort of got a safety. I mean, it, what, they got a safety, but it's not like they sacked anybody in the end zone or anything. Yeah, like I did that. not know that a face mask penalty on an offensive lineman in the end zone Uh was a safety. I know holding is. Yeah. It makes sense, though. Yeah, it does. Though, um, to be honest, I do think 
the face mask began outside of the end zone before anyway regardless it was called on the field yep and again when you slow it down to slow motion you can see that yep in real time you know i think we we i think sometimes we are overcritical of officiating and things that happen in live action that officials have to make instantaneous judgment in real speed. And then you slow it down. You're like, oh, how could they miss that? Mm-hmm. Well, you're watching it literally frame by frame mm-hmm. on a you know zoomed in view. That official is watching 13 things at once and it's live speed. Yep. Anyway. There's always room to criticize the officials. I think these officials were particularly bad. All right. For reasons we'll get to. Well, uh, so the, the the Jets came roaring back. Tied it at 20. Yeah. Did you see the first drive of the second half there? Yes. That was incredible. I've never seen anything like that. Yeah. Caveat with Jets uniforms. <laughs> right. Um, you know, I think he was five for five and went all the way down to the field. I mean, had some yeah. great catches uh, to everybody except Garrett Wilson didn't catch a ball in that drive. Yeah. Though he got plenty of – I forget how many he had for the game. But, it's like 12 or 14, something like that. Yeah, And there was one that was only like a seven-yard catch where he was leaning out of like his – he it was, was barely in bounds and he literally caught it on his fingertips and the ball did not move. Mm-hmm. Like you look at that, you're like, oh, that can't be complete. That had to bob. Nope. He is amazing. Yeah. And then uh, your boy uh, Jeremy Ruckert? Yes. Got some playing time yes, last finally. night. Yes, finally. Yes. So he had a great catch on that drive over the shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying this. Zach Wilson put it in a spot only he could yeah, catch it. Yeah, how about how about Zach? And uh, and uh, but Ruckert's been getting a lot of praise for his blocking. Um, he's a tremendous blocker. Well, he's I. It's taken him. I mean, this is year two, so I think you know he's finally figuring it out. I think I expected him probably to contribute a little earlier than he has, but he's putting it together, and I think. He's. I think he's going to be a very good NFL tight end. He's yeah. not going to be Travis Kelsey. He's not going to be on that level. Not going to be that. But I think he has the potential to be a guy who could play in the league for ten years. Yeah, and be a consistent pass catcher, a good blocker. He's a like he he has wide receiver ball skills when mm. it comes to catching the ball. He's made he made some catches at Ohio State that were just you know spectacular. So I, I hope he does well. Um. But I, I will say, like, positive, Zach Wilson played immeasurably better than I think anybody expected. Yeah, after the first, I think two, the first two, couple two or, drives, two or he, was, three. He, was, he was not great. But uh, after that, he was starting to get the ball out of his hands and get it on target. And, mm-hmm. I mean, he missed he missed two potential touchdowns early. Garrett Wilson. One to Garrett zone. Wilson where mm-hmm. he just overthrew. I mean, it would have been a spectacular one-handed catch if he had got it. Yep. And then there was one where he was scrambling. I forget who the player was. Who was maybe it was a tight end, not, not Ruckert, who, who was like had to kind of dive for it. Just a little off target. Oh, Conklin. Yeah. yeah. In in the end zone, you yeah. mean. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You know, if those are better throws, those are touchdowns. Those are better throws. Yep. I 100% agree. Uh, but it was just head and shoulders better than anything we've seen sure. out of him. Sure. Uh, no interceptions. He had the one very costly fumble. Yeah. Uh, and the defense after the first quarter against I think I think I think that's the best offense in the NFL the Chiefs 
I don't know. I mean, they're, they're one of the best. I mean, they are surprisingly untalented at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Yep. And they have a good running game with um, uh, Pacheco and um, Edwards Alaire. Yep. And their offensive line is obviously good. But they don't have Tyreek Hill anymore. They don't have like the an elite receiver anymore. But still, point taken, they're, they're a very, very good offense. And after the first quarter, we held them to six points in the rest of the game. Yeah. That that's, that's a good. that's a next level uh, sort of job. That's good. Uh, picked off Patrick Mahomes twice. Should have been three. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So now, like, there's a there's a million little things that happen in a game that that cause you to not win. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we doinked a field goal from fifty three. Yes. We, uh, Zach fumbled the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we missed a couple of passes. We already talked about that. All, all of those things are true. Yeah. And so it's hard to throw everything on the officials for some of these horrendous calls. But we're down three, four minutes to go, and it's third and 25. And Jermaine Johnson, defensive end, is running. And Patrick Mahomes runs behind him, and he tries to turn to go. Mm-hmm. And he, he can't turn. He's being held. He's throwing his arms up. He's trying to run away. There's a good three or four seconds. There's no holding call. Mm-hmm. And Patrick Mahomes scrambles for the first down. Yeah, I do remember that play now. Yeah, That was, that was crucial. That was awful. And then uh, we then, I think, sack Mahomes. And they have another third and 17 or something. Mm-hmm. And they throw it. We intercept it. And they call defensive holding on Sauce Gardner, hmm. uh, which – Everybody I'm reading is going, yeah, that was garbage. That's that's just a bad call. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and uh, and it cost us cost us the game ultimately in in those in those last minutes. All right, you you know you're going to hear from Nate in Ohio about this. Does he think that was a that was a good call? I, I don't know, but I, he I, I'd be surprised if we don't hear from Nate from Nate from Ohio about complaining about the officiating. That. And I've already said there's a million little plays <laughs> along the way that cause you to lose a game. You That's know? true. That's true. Uh, however, those two plays were pretty massive. Yeah, for sure. Uh, those for two sure. plays were, were very, very big. Yes, uh, agreed. And, and big misses. And I, I think I – I mean the, the NFL is doing an apology thing midweek. So like when injury reports come out, the NFL is saying, hey, we missed these calls over the last week. Yeah. I anticipate those two being on the – Could be. There were two weeks in a row where uh, Ohio State got a note from the Big Ten about penalties that were called against Ohio State that co- literally cost them a touchdown. Like on the play, a touchdown was scored and it was called back because of a penalty. Two weeks in a row, the Big Ten had one that they sent to Ohio State. Yeah, that holding call on that uh, that touchdown run that was nullified – Bad call. Should have been called. That should have been a touchdown. Yeah, you know that play where Marvin Harrison caught the touchdown pass where he stepped out of bounds before that? Well, he was forced out of bounds, so he shouldn't have been flagged for it. Yeah. That should have been a touchdown. So, yeah, it happens in, at the college level as well. Yeah, so I, I fully intend at least one of those uh, to get an apology from the league on. Now, that doesn't change anything. Nope, you it's know, worth nothing. Uh, we could, you know, that interception, we get it at our own 40, 45, mm-hmm. somewhere along there. Who knows what happens? You know, uh, we could kick a field goal. I mean, we have 
this guy that can hit 60-yard field goals. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility that he does mm-hmm. that and ties it up. Yeah. And then it goes to overtime, you know, or, you know, maybe maybe we get some, you know, Mormon magic and we drive all the way down the field <laughs> and uh, and score a touchdown. Maybe. But who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I will say he, he took the full loss on his shoulders. Like, this is my fault. And the presser and the coach, the coaches basically came out and said the opposite. No, this isn't Zach's fault. Yeah. We actually think the officiating's to blame. But that's what the quarterback has to do. Absolutely. I agree. That's that's part of the uh, job. Even if you don't play poorly, even when you play well, if your team loses, the expectation is the quarterback says, absolutely. I did not make enough plays. 100%. 100%. Got to be that way. Even I, if it's even if it's not true. Yep. Even, I, even if even if it's not true. That's the expectation of the quarterback. You come out and say it's on me. 100%. I 100% agree. And it was good to see. Yeah, sure. Uh, now, I feel pretty good going into Denver next week now. Okay. Which brings me to the other game I want to talk about quickly. The Bears. Yeah. How you? Did you see any of that game? No. Uh, it was a close game, wasn't they, it? The Bears were up. Uh, what was it? They were up 21-7 at one point into the third quarter, up 21-7. And here's the frustrating thing. Like, again, I'm not a Bears fan. I want Justin Fields to do well. Yeah. And he played amazing. Like, in the first half, he was 15 of 15 for, like, close to 200 yards, two touchdowns. The only incompletion he had, which I don't really think of it, was they threw a Hail Mary at the end of the half that fell incomplete. Okay. Yeah. So really, that doesn't count. That's not really – I mean, technically it's an incompletion, but – He had over 300 yards yeah. passing, had yeah. four touchdown passes, yes. one interception. I take that ratio all day. Yes. Now, he he was sacked and he fumbled the ball, which led to a scoop and score for Denver, which turned the game. Mm. So you can probably blame him for that. And then the interception was just – you know, he's they're down 28-21, I guess it was, and they're trying to – or they, they're down – no, they were down 31, 31-20. I forget. They're down. They're trying to score late in the game, and he throws a pick. Okay. So anyway, I just felt bad for him. Bears are terrible. Uh, the Broncos are terrible. Yeah, the Broncos Both are those teams are terrible. Um, let's talk quickly college football. Ohio State did not play this weekend. They had a bye week yep. after their win over Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame came back from the dead. Uh, and beat Duke at Duke on the road. Yeah, yeah. Um, Georgia struggled. So, uh, USC beat Colorado, forty-eight forty-one. Yeah, that was a good game. Uh, even though uh, at one point they were up thirty-four-seven. Hmm. Colorado came back and made it m- modestly interesting. Um. So yeah, it's just uh, next weekend. Uh, Ohio State plays. Maryland. Ah, Catholics. Which will be the – yeah, their second straight game against the Catholics. Yeah. Uh, which will actually be – now I know. It, this stat is sort of a quirky one. Every opponent Ohio State has played so far has been undefeated at the time. Now, obviously, the first game, of course, they're undefeated because it's the first game. Sure. But every opponent they've played so far has been undefeated. Hmm. And that will be true with Maryland. They're 5-0. and Okay, and they really should be ranked, but they're like twenty sixth. They're like the first team receiving votes that's not in the poll. 
Okay. So could be interesting. Um, and did you watch any of the Ryder Cup? I did not. I, I saw some either. highlights, and I saw that Europe just beat the pants off of. Uh, well, all I saw, all I saw was stuff on social media, which again you have to be careful about getting your perception of sure. anything on social media. But about arguments within the, within the American team and guys complaining and like you know not liking each other and just like taunting, hat waving. I read about on social media bizarre stuff. Um, one quick. MLB note, the season ended okay. yesterday. Yes. And the Mets fired their manager. Okay. Buck Showalter has been let go. He's been shown the door. Mm-hmm. It was a rough year. Well, yeah, given the expectations. Given the expectations. And they hired a new president of baseball operations, who I believe is my age, um, which that's a weird feeling. Yeah. When you look at somebody and go, oh, you're running the Mets organization and you're 35? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. That's a weird feeling. That, that, that's a fun stage of life. Yeah. <laughs> I feel inadequate, unsuccessful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know. What have I done with my life? Yeah. This guy's running in a major league baseball organization. So, um, so yeah. Yeah. So okay. we've, we've hired David Stearns is his name, who we hired. Stearns. Stearns. Not David Stern, singular. No, David Stearns. He had been running the uh, the Brewers for the last several years. Okay, and the the word on the street is we might get Craig Council as our coach, who is currently the Milwaukee Brewers manager, whose contract has not been renewed. Okay, there you go. Or he has not signed a contract. I see. David Stern, former NBA commissioner, he's passed away. Correct. Yes. He's, he's, he's no longer with us. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Just checking. Yes, he he is. He five years ago, six years ago. It's okay. been a while. Yeah. Yes. Lift up to his name. Well, Stern. He was Stern. Yes, okay. I heard us. So Dan Patrick tells a story of going into his office to interview him, and his uh, secretary lets Dan into the office mm-hmm. to like sit down with him for a few minutes, and he has like a like an interview office, and then he has like a secondary office where he like actually does email and has like sticky notes places. Right. And so he's in there screaming on the phone. And Dan's like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? Like, what is this about? What's happening? Mm-hmm. He comes in and goes, darn contractors at my house doing X, Y, Z and isn't doing it right. <laughs> you know, you know, it's just like a normal guy screaming yeah. at, screaming at uh, yeah. a contractor at his house. You Upset know. with the drywall guy. Yeah. Come on, man. Exactly. Yeah. All right, John, you ready to move on? Sure. It is time to continue our series out of Second Peter on different character qualities that we are to be adding to one another. And so uh, we have already addressed faith and virtue slash excellence. We have addressed knowledge. And today we come to self-control. So just for some uh, context, John, uh, why don't you go ahead and read Second Peter 1 verses Five through, uh, let's go eight. Okay. Uh, For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. 
For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. So we're talking about self-control. So what comes to your mind, John, when you think of the, the word slash phrase self-control? Um, I mean, basically not being a river of emotion and giving into every passion that you have. So, so okay. restraining the self All right. um, to, to useful ends, basically, is what I think of. What do you think of? Yeah, I think uh, demonstrating um, restraint when it comes to one's emotions, one's impulses, one's mm-hmm. desires, one's speech, one's actions, um, that – you know, I think of, you know, the difference between uh, maybe a a boat that is anchored mm-hmm. versus a boat that's not in a storm. You know, a boat that's anchored, it'll move a little bit. It's not like it's yeah. completely, you know, uh, motionless, but it only moves so far. Mm-hmm. It's got a fixed point that keeps it, um, you know, within a certain range. And so – I think of self-control as sort of that anchor point of um, keeping one's emotions, impulses, desires, actions within a certain range of uh, of of yeah, just within a certain range. How do you build that? How do you how do you grow that ability to um, control your emotions, harness them? Yeah. Well, I think. I think it's fair to acknowledge that um, for some people it is more challenging than others. Mm-hmm. I think some people are wired more uh, more emotionally that they 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 seem to experience stronger emotions, stronger impulses, and so it's more effort to kind of rein those in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I think part of it is just having some sense of awareness of your own. Um, of your own desires and impulses and, and, and those sorts of things. But I, I've always been a big believer that, uh, that self-control um, is contagious across areas of life. Hmm. That if you can start to demonstrate self-control in one area of life, that it is more likely to bleed over into others. So like if you're able to show something that's related to self-control, discipline mm-hmm. in an area of life, you, you yeah. would say that's, um, that's going to move into other areas of life with like exercise, for instance. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So that if you, um, if you are a person who um, – and maybe this is not the best example, but we'll go with it uh, when it comes to food – Mm-hmm. If you uh, do not in any way restrain any of your f- impulses to eat, yeah, what you want to eat, when you want to eat it, how much of it you want to eat, um, then it's probably not surprising if you struggle to control other impulses in your life. Mm-hmm. And uh, even with that example, I think oftentimes the um, the issue with self-control is – Keeping desires and impulses within their proper boundaries, hmm. within their within their God appointed um, 
range, so to speak. Uh, you know, obviously the desire to eat, that's a necessary thing. Like yeah. that's your body's way of saying I need fuel. I that's need a, energy. That's a pre-fall desire. Yeah. That's hardwired in. Yep. Um, now, that, of course, can be abused. And if mm-hmm. it's not kept in some measure of, of control, can lead to all sorts of health problems. Yeah. Um, you know, if you think of just the – I just think if you can start to establish self-control in one or two areas of your life, generally speaking, I think that starts to build kind of uh, spiritual and um, – emotional and mental muscle that yeah. can be used to apply to other areas of life. Well, and it's, it's just a good point that these these things don't happen in isolation. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's not like, well, I'm going to have my spiritual self-control over here, mm-hmm. but my bodily self-control or my, uh, you know, uh, um, emotional self-control are going to be rampant. They, you know, they impact. They, they, yeah, they flow sure. between one another. Yeah. And I would say that in one sense, spiritual self-control is sort of an overarching form of self-control yeah. that is that God uses to to show up in other more specific kinds of self-control in terms of physical desires or impulses or things like that as well. Yeah. Um and this one is always interesting. Uh this is I think self-control is interesting because ancient philosophers talked about it all the time. They did. Um, yeah. just all the time. Especially the Stoics. They regularly came back and harped on Mm -hmm. self-control. Why is that? Why why were they able to sort of weed through the mess that is human thought and emotion and come to the conclusion like, actually, we should be restraining these things Mm -hmm. um, within ourselves? Why why did they come to that? Well, I I, I think they – they probably came to that because their vision of the good life mm-hmm. extended beyond um, pleasure. That there were higher ideals in view than just physical pleasure, which is really where lack of self-control tends to manifest itself is an mm-hmm. un, unrestrained pursuit of some form of physical pleasure typically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think ancient philosophers – had a higher vision of what the good life was that led them to say, you know, actually reining in some of those impulses is, is a good thing because when you rein them in, you get this greater good than yeah. whatever that, you know, pleasure is that you're pursuing. And don't you think they had so many bad examples of, pe- of people who sure. didn't do that, Yeah. right? Yeah. Um, now, this would have been uh, certainly during the era where Stoicism was really popular, but uh, – I think of like a guy like Caligula or Nero or, yeah. you know, uh, uh, Commodus, right? Right. These guys who are just like, why wouldn't I do this? You know, yeah. I'm, I'm the emperor. I can do whatever I want. Sure. And, uh, oh, but this leads to a lot of destruction and a lot of pain right? Um, as well. Yeah, for sure. And I think that, um, you know, it's – and this is where it's interesting – when the early Christians talked about self-control, it was different than what, say, the Stoics. You know, the Stoics were more interested in – for them, the good life was essentially not being 
thrown about by the whims of circumstances and emotions, but having this sort of resolute, unmoved kind of steadiness to mm-hmm. one's experience of life, which is why we get that term stoic today. If someone yeah. is stoic, we say, well, they're not emotional. You never see them up. You never see them down. They're just kind of even keel, kind of emotionless yeah. oftentimes. Uh, it's a slam today. It is. It is. Um, but, you know, the early Christians were not – that was not the kind of uh, self-control the early Christians were after. They were after the sort of self-control that reigned in sinful desires and impulses and such or maybe put better – reign reigning in desires and impulses that can be sinful, may not mm-hmm. be in and of themselves. I mean, the desire to eat is obviously not sinful in and of itself. Sure. Um, but you start eating another person, that's a that's problem. That's a problem. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I've probably shared this illustration on uh, on the pod before, but, you know, Ed- Edwards like to talk about- I was our, wondering when we were going to get Edwards our, in the fire yeah, of in course. here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a great example. You know, yeah. he, he basically talks about, look- you know, fire is great when kept in prop in the proper mm-hmm. you know environment. When it's in the stove, it provides heat. It enables you to cook. Depending on what you're, you know, or if it's in a fireplace, it provides light for the room, which you can do all sorts of good things. Oh yeah. When it escapes the fireplace and runs free in the house, it burns it down. We could probably say that we we definitely could say the same thing about like uh, natural gas in our homes today. Sure. Yeah. Um, right. Like coming through your stove in a controlled burn, mm-hmm. absolutely great. Or in your gas fireplace. In your gas fireplace, absolutely produces heat, light, mm-hmm. ambiance. Yeah. You know, it's wonderful. However, we we had an incident not not too far from here where there was a gas leak. This is in Columbia City, actually. Do you remember this? I do. And this guy was in a sort of an abandoned store, and he's like, "Oh, I smell gas," and he's going back to look for the leak. And uh, it it exploded on him, and uh, my house was probably two miles away at the time. Shook my house. I remember. Um, blew I, out the windows around the houses. I mean, I mean, a destructive, destructive yeah. force. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so I think for the Christian, um, it's self control is something that is necessary to rightly order our desires, mm-hmm. not to necessarily. Um, eliminate them. I think that's where some people go wrong is to say, I just need to get rid of my desire for, you know, too much food or or sex or whatever it might be. Like, mm-hmm. well, no, oftentimes those desires are built into you by God. It's that they're not being put in their proper context or or in their right outlet. And that's when they get problematic. And so um, for the Christian – Self-control is one of those uh, qualities that uh, enables us to rightly order our desires Mm -hmm. so that they are put to God's purposes, God's right and good designed purposes for us. Rather than us becoming enslaved to them, we end up uh, utilizing them in the way that God designed us to, uh, to experience them properly. Now, I will say I think Christians can also go uh, go sideways on self-control 
when they don't remember that it is a fruit of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's specifically listed in Galatians 5 as a fruit of the Spirit. Peter doesn't say that here, but Paul does in Galatians sure. 5. And so it's the Spirit who produces this kind of ability to rightly order our desires and impulses. And um, and so it's not – so self-control is not so that we puff ourselves up. Ironically, right? Like, oh, look at me. I'm, I'm the master of my desires. I'm not blown about by anything. Like, well, that's actually called pride. And so it's actually, you know. There's not, a Seinfeld reference here. Yeah. Just for the listener at home. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's, it's one of those things where the spirit produces self-control as a means of surrender to the lordship of Christ. Yeah. Uh, and that's a piece that I think sometimes is missing in that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, any any anything else on self control? Um, well, I'll just go back to. Um, I think that for most people, it is contagious, and so if you're if this is one where you're like, I struggle with this, um, trying to grow in self control in another area of life can often help you uh, bleed over into different areas of life, and so. You know, if it's I struggle to um, to get consistent time in the Word, okay. Well, maybe finding some other area where you are exercising self control in will help you bleed over into that area as yeah. well. I just find that for me, one area in particular is when it comes to exercise. Mm. If I'm working out relatively consistently. It feels like other areas of my life in terms of exercising self-control are easier. Yeah. If I'm not, then it becomes more challenging. Hmm. But that's – maybe that's just me. But I think I think there is some sort of – It's I think it is difficult to be – I'm really self-controlled in this one area here. But these other seven areas over here I'm not self-controlled in. Yeah. Eh, that, I don't think that's very common. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the, the best way to start being self-controlled is to – Figure out one of those ways. Start chipping away at it. Yeah, doing it. Do, you know, if it's goodness, you want to uh, read more Christian literature. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, read five pages a day. You know, yeah. it's going to take you seven, eight minutes, and you know, by just continue to do, continue to do, and then spread that to some other areas of life as well. Yeah, just start building it into your yeah. daily or weekly routine where you say, okay, I'm going to do this at this time, and I'm not going to let anything barring like some remarkable catastrophe stop me from doing that. Yeah. It's fixed. And then just kind of keep building on top of that. Yeah. So. All right. Time now for this day in sports history. All right. This day in sports history, October the 3rd. Crazy. Yep. We are we are in the last quarter of the year here. October. can You can make the case that October is the best month of the year for sports. Football, baseball. You've got football going. You've got baseball playoffs. Mm-hmm. And you've got the beginnings of basketball. Mm-hmm. Like You're getting in kind of a sweet spot there with the yeah. major sports where by the end of October, you know, by, by early to mid-October, you're really into the into You, the you could also make an argument fall has some of the best food. October has some of the best food as a part of it. Yes. You, know, you get your kind of like – Warm, homey soups. Yeah. 
in there. Good yeah. uh, good breads. Yeah, you remember when our when our life group used to do the soup thing? You yeah. Remember that? Oh, that was a great time. So good. Good to be alive. So um, I, I do have a question about fall food. Yeah. Okay, because I was having a conversation with um, one of our al- al- alumna. It would be she, being from New York. Okay. Said that until she moved here to go to seminary, mm-hmm. the whole fascination with pumpkin was completely foreign to her. Now, you have your roots in New York, though you didn't grow. I no, mean, I early I was seven. Yeah, yeah. So. Is that true? Um, I mean, I know that we in the Midwest love our pumpkin, you know, pumpkin pie, pumpkin muffins, pumpkin spice latte, like the whole thing. Yeah. I, I mean, <clears throat> I I think there's a dynamic. I always grew up with pumpkin pie. Okay. So I always had pumpkin pie every Thanksgiving. That was always a thing. I do think there is a dynamic where pumpkin flavored things have become more of a – uh, more of an in vogue thing in the last ten years or so, like, and I think Starbucks. That's been a part of it for sure with the pumpkin spice latte. But yeah. like a like, I went to a fall party this weekend and had pumpkin cookies. Yeah, those are good. They're they're delicious. Yeah. Um, Little, was there like the the the, the uh, cream cheese frosting on top there? Yes, yes, <sighs> there were some of those there. There were several different iterations of pumpkin cookies there, oh, man. and one of them had cream cheese frosting. Mm, but so good. Uh, like, I do not remember those at all un- until probably the last decade. Okay. So I I don't know if it's just a epoch we're in right now of uh, pumpkin flavored goodies. Does that occur somewhere on the dispensationalism? Part? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a dispensation of <laughs> dispensation pumpkin. Dispensation of pumpkin. <laughs> is that a is that a um, I realize I'm not answering your question here, but um, I, I do think it's become more popular in the last decade. But do you feel true. like you grew up with pumpkin spice lattes? And no, 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 no. Pumpkin cookies? Did you grow up with pumpkin cookies? Yeah. Did you really? Yeah. I, you see, I do not remember that from my childhood. Yeah. Pumpkin pie? Yes. Of course. Yeah. Um, American classic. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, the pumpkin cookie, pumpkin muffin, not so much. Okay. Um, we do pumpkin soup at home. That's, I've not had that. Yeah, it's very good. I don't know if I'd like that. It's pumpkin puree just in a soup. Right. It's it's fantastic. Okay. It's it's right. del- warm cinnamon in there. Yeah, oh. you gotta have cinnamon. Oh, pairs so well. Anyway, uh, October. Th- what are we talking about? Um, <laughs> this day in sports. History. This day in sports history, October third. Uh, we're in the year twenty twenty three. Yeah, year of our Lord. Um, eighteen eighty eight. Yeah, that might be the oldest one. It's up there. Uh, we have New Zealand natives. Uh, a privately organized and mainly Maori rugby team. I don't know if I pronounced that right. I think it's Maori. Maori uh, plays first game in UK, beats Surrey 4-1. to one. First national rugby team to wear all black and perform the haka. Right. That's their like pre-game like, dance, dance. warm-up thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the, the Maori are the native people of mm-hmm. New Zealand. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That we call – do we call them Kiwis now? That's that's sort of their. I think that I think that's a general reference to anybody from New Zealand. I, but or, the Maori is a specific tribe of some kind. Well, that those are the original. I think okay. if I'm right, I could be wrong. But I thought Kiwi is now just a very generic reference to 
anybody who now comes from New Zealand, regardless of whether they are in essence native or whether they descended from English settlers. I remember interacting with British in New Zealand and they were trying to, to explain the finer points between the British accent and the New Zealand accent. Yeah. There's not much there. In the Australian accent, the difference between the three of those, mm-hmm. oh, that was tough. Yeah. Honestly, part of the reason I put that on there is just a I, – I loved our trip to, to New Zealand. That was great. That was great. I want to go back. That was great. The buses ran on time. Uh, nicest people in the world. Yeah. It was great. Um, weird downtown. Yeah. Christchurch had a little bit of an interesting downtown area. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Christchurch, great town. Yes. Great town. Um, okay. 1919, uh, Cuban – Dolph Luque um, sure. becomes the first Hispanic player to appear in baseball worlds in the baseball World Series, pitching one inning in relief of Cincinnati Reds. Uh, in relief in Cincinnati in the Cincinnati Reds' three-zero defeat of the Chicago White Sox at Comiskey. So, at nineteen nineteen, would that not be the Black Sox World Series? I think that is. That might be. Could be. Um, I know they played the Reds. I know it was the White Sox against the Reds. I'm pretty sure that was 1919. Yeah. Um, 1989, Oakland Raiders promote 42-year-old Art Shell as the first African-American to be an NFL head coach in modern times, taking over for Mike Shanahan. Yes. Big deal. Uh, one year later, 1990, Kansas City third baseman George Brett Becomes the first in MLB history to win a batting title in three different decades. Goes one for one in the Royals' 5-2 loss versus Cleveland to win the AL batting title. Uh, 329 average AL batting champion also in 76 and 1980. That's impressive. That is impressive. Wow. Yeah, three different decades. Mm-hmm. Um, 1995, former NFL running back, broadcaster, and actor, O.J. Simpson. We got to bring the juice into this, huh? I mean. Found not guilty of the murder of Nicole Simpson and Ron Goldman in L.A. Uh, On this same day in 2008, he is found guilty of charges of kidnapping and armed robbery. Which he actually went to prison for. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which he's yeah. out. He's yeah. out now. He is. He is. Still looking for the real killer, obviously. Um, he's on Twitter. I did hear about that. Yeah. Do you follow him? I, I do not. Okay. I do not want to support him in any way, shape, <laughs> no. or form. Um, did you see the SNL skit where he joins Bumble once getting out of prison? No. It, it would be worth your time. <laughs> okay. He's, he's on a date and he goes, oh, so what? You're not from, you're not from the United States. Where are you from? And she goes, Well, I'm from the Soviet uh, torn country in you know Eastern Europe. And she goes, Oh, did you guys have a revolution around uh, around 1995? And she goes, Oh yes, very little in, very little out. That's great. That's wonderful <laughs> news. Um, okay. So in '95, you would have been what? Six, seven, seven. Seven. Okay. So do you have any memory of the OJ thing? Very little. Okay. Like they televised the trial, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I remember my mom watching the trial. Mm-hmm. That's what I remember. Yeah. So – but other than that, and I, I vaguely knew what was going on, but not really. Yeah. Um, one last one. Uh, 2007 South Africans Mark Boucher breaks Ian Healy's record to become the 
Wicketkeeper with the most dismissals in Test cricket, 395, stumps Umar Ghul of Paul Harris in second inning of first Test win versus Pakistan in Karachi. Yeah. That was a great sentence. Yeah, I don't know that you understood or I understood much of it. But All right. Who are you going to go with here, John? Uh, feels like George Brett yep. is the way to go, right? Yep, that's who I want. All right, one thing you liked. All right, the one thing I like this week is – I think I've had this before, but I, I want to zero in on something. The Revolutions podcast uh, yeah, with Mike, Yo- Mike Duncan. I am about halfway through the French Revolution. Mm-hmm. Fascinating stuff. Yeah. That was a despicable era. Yeah, crazy. Um, I'm right at the point where I think the king is about to lose his head. So we just did a whole bit on the guillotine, and uh, it took us halfway through the series to get to the guillotine. Mm. Yeah. And then the question is, where do you stop with the French Revolution? Because technically you could roll that right into Napoleon and write it all the way out. You could. Yeah. Yeah. That's why Mike Duncan gets paid the big bucks to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. But the French Revolution, wild stuff. Yes. Absolutely yes. wild stuff. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm going to go with the TGC conference, Gospel how, Coalition. How was that? It was great. How, how did your TED Talk go? Uh, it was fine, though. The, the um, couple of things. So I'm I'm sitting there looking over my notes to prepare to get up there, and I realize I didn't print them large enough. Mm. for my failing eyes to see comfortably. Interesting. Is that so a that, new new wrinkle in the eh, – It's just poor planning. Um, and I didn't want to – like even though I manuscript things out, I don't read my yeah. manuscript when I speak. It's just there for me to check in on to track my progress. Um, so I didn't want to put my reading glasses on mm-hmm. for that. So that was a little bit of a uh, stomach churning. I hope I know this well enough. I think I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was great to interact with the other uh, contributors, and the conference itself was fantastic. Um, it's it's a little bit of a different experience uh, being on the speaker side of things. Yeah. Um, even though I just did a little micro event, I had a speaker pass, meaning I got I was able to go into the speaker's lounge. Oh, nice! Eat eat, eat with. Other speakers' meals, eat hmm. meals there. So, what do they serve in the speakers' room? You know, at TGC? Um, the couple meals I was in there, they had uh, they had some good, you know, some they had a chicken option, a beef option, like a uh, box or like a buffet. Oh no, no, like a buffet. Wow. Yeah, it was it was, it was nice. It's just it's just a little wild sitting in there. Like, okay, there's uh, there's Don Carson, there's Lig Duncan. Did you say hello to Don? I did. Yeah, how's Don yeah. doing? He asked how things at Grace were going. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Had a little chat with him. I reminded him of how he uh, suggested that my younger son, Jake, quit basketball. Hmm. Because his wife was standing there, and his wife got a big kick out of this. <laughs> She's like, Don, why would you do that? He's like, oh, I don't remember this. <laughs> <laughs> and so I explained, well, here's the context. Like, he was complaining about his back hurting, and Don just simply said – you know, one simple way to make that go away is to quit basketball. <laughs> and he's not wrong. <laughs> he's not wrong. I said, well, he he didn't quite didn't quite take your advice. 
And he's like, is he still playing? Like, well, he graduated from college, so he's done now, but he continued another, you know, four plus years after your little <laughs> pep talk of of telling him to quit. Yeah. So um so it's just fun, you know, there there's Rebecca McLaughlin, there's Jen Wilkin, there's, you know. Who'd you sit down and eat with? Um, I ate with my son. My son, oh, okay. my older son, John, was came into the speaker's room yeah. with you. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yes. He, I think he was a little caught off guard uh, by the number of people who like came up to me, not necessarily in the speaker's lounge, but like out and about. A, as I'm walking out and about. Things that I usually make fun of you yeah. for when I'm with oh, you. Oh, you, yeah. you, you would have had a field day. You would have had a field day. Yeah. I mean, I was talking with him and um, our president was down there, Drew Flam. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, He had a great time. And Brent, mm-hmm. our, our chaplain, and your boss. Yeah. Nathan. Yeah. So um, I was talking with them and from a distance, Nancy Guthrie. Do you know the name Nancy Guthrie? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she like sees me and start, and like like walks briskly up and is like, I'm so glad – you're here. I wanted to run into you. And so we had a nice little chat. And of course, that made my wife's day because that's one of her favorite authors. And so yeah. I took a picture with Nancy and sent it to my wife. And she remembered the time where my wife chased her down outside of a Franklin, Tennessee uh, pizza joint to oh, meet her. Oh, nice. So that was like, oh gosh, 12 years ago, probably. Wow. She remembered it. Hmm. So. Yes. Well, who else ran up to you? Any 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 others? Uh... Um, it was it was a lot of people. There were some like a handful of Grace alums. That's great. That's great to see them, as well as just people who had read this book of mine or that. And oh, like, okay. Oh, like hey, really appreciated that. Lo- love this that sort of thing. Did you mention the podcast? To all these people? Uh, I did not. Oh. <laughs> I know missed opportunity, right? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit missed opportunity. All right, we got to wrap this up. We have talked about the JETS 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 Jets. Oh, uh, tough. Yes, we have talked about self control. We have talked about George Brett. We have talked about the French Revolution. And we have talked about my experience at the Gospel Coalition. Hmm. And so I think, by definition, we have covered our various and sundry topics. And so all that's left to say is until next time. The Lord bless y'all real good. Later. Later.